0: This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 391 of the Logical Weight Loss podcast, we're talking with Dan Rosato about what works for you. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. You know where you are now, and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin, but I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to dip the diet thin. Not till you
1: like thin. I won't size, thin, but I realize I guess I'll have to exercise.
0: Hey, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the theschoolofpodcasting.com. It is a new month, and when I looked at my results, I think I'm down a half a pound for August, and there's part of me that wants to go seriously a half a pound, but that is, again, better than gaining a half a pound, so I will take it, headed in the right direction, a little slower, actually a lot slower than I want to go, but I am at least... Headed in the right direction. And uh, I met Dan, kind of heard his story. I said, dude, you got to come on the show. So here is my conversation with Dan from Big Fat Life Podcast. Danny Rosado, thanks for coming on the show, buddy.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a little surreal, and I'm, I'm really happy. <laughs> That's good. So let's just start with uh well
0: what what's the heaviest you've ever been? Let's let's just like jump into the fun part.
1: All right, sure. Let's get right into it. Two hundred and fifty two pounds was the heaviest that I've weighed myself at. at- let's say that.
0: <laughs> That's oh, is that one of those cases where you might have been heavier, but you didn't have the nerve to step on the scale.
1: Oh, of course. You know, denial is one of the it's not just a, a river in Egypt, you know, <laughs> denial is part of our lives, especially when you're not uh, happy about your current state. So yeah. five foot five, I would say two hundred and fifty two pounds was my heaviest that I know. Holy
0: moly. OK, so I think most people when I read all these diet books and stuff, there's always that kind of something that happens that you just kind of go, all right, I got to do something that that's enough of that stuff. So for (laughs) you, what was that story?
1: (laughs) Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that may be the case. I mean, that's, that's part of this and I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question. It's just the aha. I need to do something moment. I noticed that not just me, but many people who have dealt with battling weight, it happens often. And the latest for me was April of 2018. And that's when I weighed in at 252 and I'm out of breath trying to tie my shoes. Mm. And for me, it was, here we go again. How could I have done this to myself again? I need to do something about this now.
0: Yeah. That's when you're kind of going. I don't remember tying my shoes being an Olympic event. Right. You know, here's exactly. The, here's his second attempt, and up it no. Oh, yeah, I, I, I,
1: absolutely. <laughs> so tell us where you're at right now. Uh, I currently am at 210, and again, my story's a little bit. It's all over the place in terms of my weight loss because what I've learned through this particular last stint, let's call it mm-hmm. me losing weight, is that it's not a straight line. It's mm-hmm. not I started at 252 and I'm going to end at what let's call it 170. That's maybe my my big goal. Right. It's it's I got down to 190s and then I got myself back up to 200 and then I dipped down below 200 and then I got up to 210 and I got to 215. So I recently just lost 5 pounds. Nice. So yeah,
0: what has what have you tried that didn't work and what seems to be working now?
1: Okay, what didn't work. What didn't work is any kind of crash diet. Any kind of diet where it was so restrictive that I was just eating, let's say, one type of food all the time. So in the past for me, it would be let me eat grilled chicken and steamed broccoli and drink a lot of water and it works. Yeah. But you know, the sustainability is the question with that, right? So I then tried a ketogenic diet and that's like the fad thing, right? Right. But but I, I don't even really knock it because it did work for me. And I see how many people have followed that diet plan and it works for them. What I found is when I strayed off of it, it was hard for me to get back into it. Mm. I can't explain to you why that is, but I just, there were things that I got bored with, I guess. So I think what I've learned and what I'm, Still learning; it's an ongoing process. Is trying to find what is the overall balanced nutrition that works for me, and I've now am working with a nutritionist Mm. who is helping me figure that out because I'm not an expert in this, and I'm finding that the more whole foods, you know, the when you have a packaged food with a hundred different ingredients, yeah, that's not good. It's not really good. It it can be low fat or low sugar or whatever you want to call it. But nutritionally, it it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, right? It's not going to be satiating like it's supposed to be versus these mono foods like chicken, potato, fish, beans, rice. (laughs) You know, it just starts to make sense when you look at it that way of these whole foods that I now eat. I'm full, which is the key here. Yeah. I can't emphasize that enough. If you're not full, your diet's not working. Mm. And finding that balance and learning how to understand the amount of macronutrition, you know, your fats, your proteins, and your carbohydrates, and working with those ratios, which I'm still learning, seems to be working for me in that I don't feel like I'm on a diet. I feel like I'm just eating healthy.
0: Does your and obviously everybody's a little different, but what does your nutritionist recommend in terms of carbs versus proteins and
1: right. Well, and it, you're right. Everyone is different uh, for me. You know, carbohydrates have always been a really abusive lover mm-hmm. <laughs> for That's the best way I could describe it. It's just, I love carbs, but certain things like bread and just grains in general, they just seem to have this bad effect on me. I just blow up. Yeah. So I talked to her, my nutritionist about that. And what she recommended was to stick to carbohydrates that are coming from whole foods. So I get some fruit, I get oats, you know, oatmeal, right. um, sprouted grain bread with like Ezekiel bread. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've heard of I, it. I, I, I can have those things and I'm having it in moderate proportions. So let's say on the scale of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, it's a big portion of my diet is protein. Yeah. And then right under that would be, you know, some portion of carbohydrates, whether it's coming from vegetables or from some of those things I'd mentioned. And then fats are at the very bottom, which is the opposite of what I was doing for ketogenic. Right. You know, it's just a whole different principle, but this is also working for me, which goes to the point that there's many ways to accomplish the same goal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I kind of knew this already, but I did my own little experiment where I had anything that was just a stupid carb, I will call it. So like English muffins. <laughs> I love uh, cinnamon raisin English muffins, but I'm like, you know, there's really this is this is almost a cookie. You know what I mean? It's like yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's <laughs> so, so I took those out and then uh, I hadn't eaten any for a while. And then, you know, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to put them in the cart. I'll just have one. Maybe one a week or one every two days. I'm not because I was just chowing those things all the time. So then I go in, I'm out of chicken. Like I do the thing where on Sunday I boil up like just a mountain of chicken and then I eat it during the week. And so I go to the cupboard and I got nothing and I found an old like rice aroni pasta with herbs, <laughs> like boil it, throw it in. And I was like, wow, I'm going to boil up a pot of carbs. And wash it down with a cinnamon raisin, you know, uh, English muffin. And it was hilarious because <laughs> I woke up the next day and the scale was like, that was a really bad idea. So it's one of those things where I don't know that the, is it ketogenic? That's like, you can't even look at carbs. Is that
1: the Pretty one? much, yeah. a, a ketogenic diet basically would restrict carbohydrates yeah. for most people under fifty grams a day.
0: Yeah, so I I just looked at that and was like, okay, well, if I've learned nothing else, kind of like you said, they just it's it's it, the minute I touch them, I'm like, I've kind of known this. We've all read about it. I'm like, I don't really need carbs, uh, or at least yeah. at least I don't need as much carbs as I I I it, am getting. It's
1: probably because we like the worst type of carbs. Yeah, I mean, y- y- you know, pizza. Oh, that's I, yeah. You know, that's my weakness bagels i'm in new york i'm in brooklyn bagels <laughs> pizza it's all on my face
0: yeah that's tough so at least i've i've now learned that yeah that's uh you were pretty sure that was the case that i've now can say with my my minor scientific you know experiment here that yeah that's those things don't help and i kind of knew that anyway but uh, and
1: i think that's part of it dave i think that in to some degree if if this matters to anyone listening to yourself mm. And the thing that I've learned is to experiment with yourself. You are unique and what foods work and what foods don't is a matter of taking the time to figure that out. So it might be that you eliminate something for a week and see, do I feel more energetic, less energetic? Do I notice a change in the scale? You know, little things that you can tweak on your own to just learn about what foods affect you and in what ways.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I'm, I just started doing is for some reason I took chips out of the house. Like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a big chip person anyway. Okay. But I found that there were times like either after a meal or something like I've just eaten a bunch of brown rice and chicken with some grape tomatoes in there and a little bit of salad. Uh, but I'm, I'm like, I'm looking for something. Everything was hot and mushy. And I'm like, I want something to crunch. So I finally just bought some carrots and I'm like, OK, that'll work. You know, it's number one. Carrots are not something that I'm going to binge on. I'm not going to like eat a whole bag of of carrots <laughs> right you know i mean i don't hate carrots but i like them and i was like in this way if i need something to crunch on i can go eat some some carrots if i guess if i wanted to i could go celery uh, yeah. celery is another one that i'm not gonna i i don't hate it uh, i usually like it but and i'm not one of these guys that put sour cream and peanut butter on their cell i just eat celery and it's celery.
1: well i i can't even have peanut butter because i am one of those guys so, <laughs> you know i think that that's part of it too is understanding where your weaknesses are. I can't have chips in the house. I can't have Doritos, tortilla chips. Yeah. I I I start thinking about it. What I learned about myself when I I I part of this latest weight loss journey for me has been about looking inside mm. and and being, you know, introspective about why what do I continue to cycle? And I think that's something that if we could all do we may understand our relationship with food. And I can't tell you that I figured it out. I know that I've learned a lot about myself and I associate food with a lot of, you know, a reward system or a comfort. And I think a lot of us do that. It's pretty common, but I really recognize that I was doing that repeatedly to an addictive nature.
0: Yeah. I've got a bunch of stuff coming up next week i have a i'm writing a book and the deadline for the book is the end of the month and i've got to basically write about a thousand words a day every day for about 30 days and i was like "It's one those where you look up and you go wow i i painted myself in a heck of a corner And it's weird because there are times when I go to sit and it's like, all right, let's, let's, let's get writing and I'll, I'll either start writing or, but a lot of times it's right before. Cause once I start writing, I'm, I'm off to the races and I'm good, but it's the getting to sit down and write is I will find myself in the kitchen. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're not hungry. Like what's, and I'm like, you're stressed out because you're thinking about this big mammoth goal and you got to get, I'm like, just, just start doing it. And it will, you know, and that's the same thing. As soon as I, uh, I close my door shut off email everything else put on some cool relaxing music on spotify and fired up the keyboard and i was off to the races and it was no big deal but it was just one of those things where it takes some time to uh like you said to kind of reflect back on yourself and go why are you looking in the fridge you're not you know you just ate dinner like an hour half ago you're not hungry and it's like yeah why am i in the the
1: there's a lot of a lot of things go to habits that we've developed our whole life. And that's why I use the word addiction, because it becomes an addiction. Mm -hmm. Like when you're a toddler and you're crying and someone gives you a lollipop, you know, it starts with this whole attention thing, reward system. It starts, you know, it it continues on through life where, you know, let's have a party. Uh, Everyone gets a cookie. It's it's let's have the pizza party after the little league game because you all did so well or ice cream or both Right, or ice cream or both. And it continues on. And it's and, you know, it's innocent on its face. No one's trying to hurt us when we grow up. And that's the situation. But it's hard to unlearn that. Whereas if you had an addiction to something chemically or an alcohol addiction, you know what you need to get rid of. Yeah, You know, put the bottle down, you know, put the drugs away. You can't have that. But food. You can't live without that, so it's about relearning how do I do that, and that's what makes it so difficult
0: yeah that's the thing if, if I just didn't need food, yeah. a face a cake, sure <laughs> and that's not an answer either I'll just quit eating,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not the answer no you're right, yeah,
0: so What do we learn? Uh if I were to tune into Big Fat Life, what do, what do you talk about over there?
1: Well, on the Big Fat Life podcast, the thing that I think most people would learn, it's the thing that I've learned so much is the guests that I've had from these people. I, mm-hmm. I get it to speak to people who have conquered their weight problems from from a much larger scale than me i mean we're talking people who have been 500 pounds and have now lost more than half their body weight wow. and they've and they've discussed their journey in detail like really revealing themselves and and telling uh telling us stuff that i would have never even thought about what it's like to live at that size and how Mentally, they have to overcome certain things to get themselves physically where they want to go. Um, You will learn about how people have found a way to do it, how people have overcome the obstacles in their own life. Some of them, actually a lot of them are emotional. Hmm. And I've also had the good luck to speak to some experts in the field. Some nutritionists have been on the show. I've had a trainer on the show. I am working on getting some doctor's in the field, in the future. So we have a mix of some experts along with people who have told their journey. And I'm just so thankful that I'm in this opportunity to speak to some of these people because they inspire me every day. I see them, a lot of them are on Instagram and social media and they take pictures and they, they talk about why they don't give up and how they won't give up. And they tell you about their hard days and their good days. And it just makes me realize that we're all in this together, you know, there's this support group, this community that is rooting for each other. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they get to be, I'm lucky that I can put them on my show and they can talk about it. And I think we can all learn so many lessons from them. And then
0: what do you use to track your progress or, or do you track your progress or are you a calorie counter or not? Or, you know, there's so many, again, so many different schools of thought on
1: that. And again, it's, You know, what I would say to each person is you have to find your way. What I've done is currently I am tracking everything. I mean, I literally an, an hour before this podcast, I was just finishing up cooking chicken for the next three days. And I also get some lean pork chops that are in my diet. I cook those for the next few days and I froze some and weighed it. This is my way of keeping myself on point. If I can do the work ahead of time and prepare myself, I'll stay consistent and this won't be a problem for me. But um, you don't necessarily have to count your calories. You might find that that's too much. That's too, uh, it's yeah. annoying. Yeah. You know? the,
0: the stress of counting your calories then makes yeah. you want to go eat. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I've asked those questions to some experts and in, in terms of what if you're someone who doesn't want to do that, what can they do? Yeah. I've heard, you know, a couple of nutritionists gave me a, a rule of using their hand as a measurement so that the protein should be the size of like a clenched fist. Your fat should be the size of your thumb and your carbohydrates on the plate should be like a, a palm stretched out wide. I mean, that's a rough way to look at it but the idea makes sense because if your vegetables are a big portion of your plate and your proteins are within a certain amount that you could say is moderate because it's the size of a clenched fist you're not leaving much room for fat and it's unbalanced to that that's one way that people can do it but yeah I've found that if I can keep track of things and I weigh myself once a week I measure everything on my body because it's not always the scale it's inches as well. And those things keep me accountable to myself.
0: Yeah, that's uh, as I look at the calendar here, it's the 30th of August. And in two days, I, I weigh myself at the beginning of the month, every month or not so much right. weigh, uh measure. I, I weigh right. myself every day and just realize that the scale is going to go up and down and don't jump out the window if it goes up a little bit. But that's just
1: absolutely. Yeah, that could a, be a meal you had. That could be a high sodium dinner you had. Yeah. That could be so many things for one day to the next. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's because there's there's. If you're not strong enough to know that the scale goes up and down naturally, uh, then don't weigh yourself every day. But I just look at it and go, all right. And sometimes when I see it and and it goes up and I'm like, all right, well, that just means today has to be I have to be bring my a game, you know.
1: Yeah, and there's nothing. I mean, you're not alone, yeah. Dave. Like so many people do the same thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what works for you, if it keeps you accountable on a the day to day, then that's what it is. But the number is a little tricky. It, it doesn't always tell the whole story. Yeah,
0: there's there's always more to that story, and it's and what's always funny about that too is there there are times when you step on the scale and you're like, oh, you know what? Too many English muffins yesterday. It's gonna go, <laughs> and and you step on the scale and it goes down, and you're like, what? So yeah, I don't. I don't put a lot of faith in the number. It's nice. It's something that, you know, we all like to see it go down, but it's not the be all end all. And then, yeah. and then there are other things like my jeans occasionally will fit differently. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. So a lot yeah, of different- that's
1: a big, that's a good way to gauge it. I think, you know, one thing that my nutritionist has me doing, but I've done this in the past is I measure my waist. I measure my, I measure my hips, my chest, my arms, my legs, just to see where, cause my weight drops. Pretty much from the top down, mm. meaning as I start to lose weight, you'll see my face get skinnier. Then you'll see my chest start to look a little bit firmer, and then it starts to slowly work its way through my midsection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a tough go there. Yeah, yeah. But it it at least when you see the inches literally going down the scale, what is the scale going to tell me that the that the measurement didn't tell me? You know?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, how did you find your nutritionist? So, if somebody's like, you know what, maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to talk to a nutritionist. How did you find yours?
1: Mine I found at, at my local gym. I nice. saw this girl working out, and she was pretty muscular. She's probably one of the toughest people in that whole gym the way she worked out. And that always attracts me to people when I see people that seem to know what they're doing. Mm. So I walked up to her and I started having a conversation. She informed me she was a nutritionist and we you know, became friends. I had her on The Big Fat Life. Her name is Brianna Koleva. I had her on one of my episodes. And then shortly after, I was just talking to her about my diet and how I had plateaued and I actually gained a little weight. And she offered to help me. So for the next two months, we're working together. But you can find one through your, you know, if you have an insurance plan, there are uh, insurance that offer nutritionists. You can go to your doctor and ask. Uh, a, A local gym might have nutritionists that work there.
0: Right. Very cool. And then the other thing that people always talk about is some people have time to exercise. Some people don't. What's your situation like in that department?
1: Well, I come from a school of I like to exercise. It actually makes me feel good mentally, even when I've gained weight. I've gained weight while I'm exercising (laughs) because it's all about what you're eating. Yeah. So I would be one of those people who just binge the night before, go to the gym, work out, but it's not going to keep it in balance. But I like that. However, there are a lot of people. My wife is one of them. She she stays in shape by running. Mm-hmm. She likes to walk. She likes to run. She doesn't like to have to go to a gym where you're inside and, and lift weights. And there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. And to them, the, the thing I would say, and this is from other trainers and nutritionists I've spoke with, is just keep yourself active. If you have a job where you're sitting at a desk all day, which many of us do, yeah, then try to find a time to even take a walk. Maybe you can walk from one thing to another on your lunch break, even Um, that extra activity just starting with one step. I mean, I spoke with a guy on on my podcast and he was over 500 pounds and he didn't even know where to start with an exercise. And his way of starting was to walk out of his house down a small flight of stairs to the light pole and walk back. Yeah. And it took him five minutes to do that because it was so hard. And then he did it to the second light pole and so on and so forth. So it's all about pushing yourself a little bit further than you did yesterday. And I believe that when people do that and get themselves, keep themselves active, rather, it helps, you know? Yeah. What, um, as we kind of wrap up
0: here, what would you say to the person who's tried the popcorn diet and they tried this diet and they they had the thigh they still have the thigh master in the closet from like whatever it was 92 you know and they're just like uh i don't even want to try because it never works you know i'm just going to be fat you know what
1: what would you say the person that's feeling kind of down right now that it's not hopeless Mm. that it truly is within their power to make this happen and that it doesn't have to be on anyone else's timetable It's on your timetable. And if you want to do something about it, you can just start with one small step and you can start with just looking at your diet and think honestly to yourself, is there something in my diet that if I, I know is not good for me. Some, for a lot of people, myself included, when I was younger, especially with soda, Hmm. you know, these sweet drinks do a lot of damage. Can I eliminate that? Can I cut that in half? And just love yourself. If you, if you can understand that you're worth it, that little step you could make and, and understand that there is hope you'll be fine. You'll get there. You just have to want it every day. Consistent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the key is I think to just not give up. Because there are days when you're like, ah, oh, just forget it. I'm just going to, you know what? This is, it's who I am. I'm just going to be overweight and die early. And I'm like, no, that just means you just tried something that didn't work. So check that one off the list. You've, I've now realized that eating, uh, rice uh, pasta meals, uh, with a, a cinnamon <laughs> raisin, um, English muffin is not a, that's not good. So I won't be doing that anymore in the future. So, you,
1: you know what? Can I just say one thing here? Yeah. I, uh, to your point, the key, the keys to success in weight loss or in your health are very similar to this, to the keys to success in life, in business, in entrepreneurship. It's, they are so parallel because I hear a lot of the same from, from both sides, mm-hmm. which is surround yourself with the right people, to stay consistent, to not be afraid of failure, and to never give up. Those things you hear consistently in entrepreneurship and people who want to be successful in business and in life and the same thing for weight loss. That's it.
0: All right. Well, uh, you can find him on Instagram. Just search for Big Fat Life podcast. And Dan, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out of your day and uh, luck with your
1: podcast, man. Thank you so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure.
0: And you can find everything about his podcast out at LogicalLoss.com slash three 90. If you'd like to join my private Facebook group, it's an accountability club. We call ourselves the logical losers. You can find us at logicallosers.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you back in a couple weeks here at the logical weight loss podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the logical weight loss podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to logicalloss.com forward slash iTunes. Live long. I just wanna be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I wanna try it. Thin, but I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to do the d- diet. Thin. Won't tell you lies.
1: Thin. I want smaller size Thin, but I realize I guess I'll have to exercise.